Hello. Hey. Whoa. Hey ho. Hey. 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 Yo. Oh. What up? <laughs> I feel like those the villagers in Minecraft. <laughs> Give me your emeralds. <laughs> Damn! This is going to be a very interesting episode because Aaron and I are both very hungover. This is true. Aaron's just quiet and breathing over there. I am. I'm like, I don't have enough brain cells to fucking do this right now. Uh, oh my God. My what? Uber driver last night? Yes! <laughs> I have an image of you leaning in and being like, what's your name? And he's like, what's your name? And you're like, no, what's your name? <laughs> I did. I was like, what's your name? He's like, what's your name? And I was like, no, 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 I'm the chick here. Like, yeah. you have to tell me your name. I don't want to get murdered. And then he told me and I was like, cool. And he was like, are you Aaron? And I was like, yeah. And then I yelled back to you like, it's cool. I'm not getting murdered yeah. at like fucking 2.30 in the morning <laughs> in your neighborhood. Yeah. Like, Yep. Yelling about murder. And then I get in the car and I get in the back seat on the farther side from him so that like, you, you know, escape. Yeah. I can get out if he tries to like, I don't know, do anything. Yeah. Because that's literally always on my fucking mind. <laughs> and then he was like, what kind of music do you want to listen to? And I was like, I don't care. And then he had on a murder podcast. <gasps> we like, uh, I host a murder podcast. You want to listen? I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And he was like, uh, do you like murder podcasts? And I was like, I mean. I have one. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, my God. And he's like, what's it called? And I was like, I'll tell you after, like, when I'm getting out of the car <laughs> so that you can't judge me to you my face. play it. Yeah. Yeah. Or play it. God, that's so awkward. Super awkward. So did you tell him the name of the podcast when you got out? Yeah. Was when he I, like, what? He was like, like, I said, God damn. And I was like, yep. Bye. <laughs> Later. And that was pretty much it. And then it was like, do you want to rate him? And I was like, five stars. <laughs> and now he's listening to our voices. Right. What's up, Aaron's Uber, Uber driver? I don't remember your name. You were pretty cool. Thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks for not killing me. Way to listen to murder. Right. <laughs> it's a little weird, though, when you're picking up a random chick alone. At 2.30 in the morning, I, yeah. murder podcast blaring. <laughs> we're like, be our bestie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, Aaron, give me your goddamn. My goddamn is that I was, am, and still currently are. Drunk. <laughs> drunk yeah but <laughs> fucking sick man yeah you are you can hear it in my voice i can hear it in my head yeah it's awful it's getting better but jesus christ oh my god you guys we haven't recorded in forever it's saturday again and it come this comes out tomorrow sunday yep. so enjoy that yeah so this is fucking fresh hot off the press aaron is still actively sick i'm still actively sick and now i'm hungover and i'm gonna have to edit this today so you're gonna die get it out. you're gonna die so again, please excuse any editing mistakes. That's the sign of our dedication. This is our dedication. Okay, Stacey, give me your goddamn. My goddamn is this last, oh, I have two actually. My first goddamn Whoa. is that I went to Hawaii. Hell yeah, you did. I just had a week vacation in Hawaii and it was fucking amazing. Yeah. And while I was there. So jelly. I know. <laughs> while I was there, I got to fucking meet Amy, one of our listeners. That's so cool. I know. She also helps moderate our Facebook group and all this other shit. And she's fucking amazing. Amazing. So much fun. Like, the moment we saw each other in person, it was like, oh, yeah, she's our people. We are best friends now. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. So that is, like, the apex of my life at this moment is that I got to actually meet somebody from it, who listens. Do you feel famous? Um, Are you a celebrity? Not really. <laughs> no, not at all. Damn. <laughs> I should have, though. I should have been like, all bougie. Uh, only one autograph. Oh, God. You should have just started signing things for 
<laughs> she's like, like a coaster and she's like i don't Bitch, care stop signing <laughs> shit <laughs> i didn't bring my autograph pen oh my god it was so much fun fucking loved it so cool that's awesome. I can't wait to meet more people. And also, she didn't wear my skin. Yeah, you didn't get murdered. Didn't get murdered. Good first meet. I love it. <laughs> also, second goddamn is when I got back, my oldest son started soccer and he's three, oh, right? Oh, yeah. And so real, it's not real soccer. It's like they just run around and they throw a ball out on the field and they're yeah. like, chase the ball. <laughs> I watched that video and oh my God, it's so cute. <laughs> so cute. My son just held on to his friend's hand who's a little girl and they just like ran around the field not even chasing the ball they were just like holding hands and running and we were dying but that's not even my goddamn part the goddamn part was uh while they were having to like run up and down the field a couple times i don't know what the fuck they were doing like tiny steps big steps whatever it is they do my son just stops in the middle of the field while all of his little teammates run past him and he looks at me and he goes i'm tired (laughs) and i was like in that moment like that's I, my baby. <laughs> I, I know. I'm I tired of watching you. <laughs> I feel you. That is my spirit animal right there. And also me in any kind of sports when I was younger. <laughs> and then I just said, you know, keep going, keep going. And he stood there and he put his little arms down straight and like balled up his fist like he was pissed. Oh. And he just like shrugged his like shoulders down and put his little fucking chin out. And he goes, I'm tired. <laughs> and I was like, keep going, keep going. And then he just like screams, I'm tired. <laughs> Like he didn't, he d- doubled down every time, was just like screaming louder and louder in the middle of the field. He's like, no, mom, you don't get it. Oh my God, I was cracking up. And then he was like, you know, rotating around to the crowd screaming, I'm tired because no one was doing anything about it. Like somebody fucking get me, I'm tired. And then eventually he like ran back and kept playing. But in that moment, I was like, that's my baby. You're like, yeah, man, I know. Oh God, it cracked me up so much. That's funny. I love telling that story. <laughs> I hadn't heard it yet. That's funny. I know, I've been keeping it from you. Aww, my goddamn. I know. Okay, let's talk about murder. Okay. I'm going to tell you about the murder of Barbara Olson. Sounds horrific. Let's do it. <laughs> I was going to say sounds good, and I was like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> That's the worst thing I could have said. Yeah. So September 2012 in Sheboygan Falls, Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Bless you. Sheboygan. Perfect. I feel like you have to say it like that, you know? I feel like you crushed it twice. Sheboygan. <laughs> I'll keep going. <laughs> Sheboygan Falls, Wisconsin. A 13-year-old boy by the name of Antonio Barbu was living with his best friend's family, Nathan Pape, who was also 13. So two 13-year-old besties living together. Antonio's living with Nathan. Is there a reason for that? I couldn't find much about the boy's background or, like, upbringing or anything. I did see an article that mentioned that Antonio had been in juvie previously and he had somehow escaped oh i'm pretty sure he wasn't like a a hot fugitive hiding out in nathan's house yeah so i mean i'm gonna go ahead and guess that these kids had like a little bit of a background of being little shits yeah maybe some absentee parents yeah maybe i mean because antonio is allowed to go live with nathan i don't know yeah and then i don't know anything about nathan's family either I don't know much about these kids. All right. I'm just thinking like if I was like, hey, I'm going to go live with my friend. My parents would be like, no, you're fucking not. not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, obviously they had troubled past and that's how they got here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I just don't know what happened. I know you looked and I couldn't find anything. But probably because they were 13, they don't publish that shit, right? Yeah. Like what they did, the reason I'm telling you this story is so bad that they published it. (laughs) So these 13-year-old best friends, they live together and they're hanging out. And they're bored, and they decide that they should go to Antonio's great-grandma's house, Barbara Olson, and break in, kill her, and steal some of her money. What the fuck? Yeah. 
Like, this is what we're going to, we want money. Let's go kill my great grandma and get some money from her. What? That's their plan. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, but you're like, what? Why? Like, uh, didn't I tell you one kind of recently about two kids that were like, oh, we're going to break into my mom's house and like rob her or whatever. But then then like she happened to come home. Like these 13 year olds are like, let's just go kill great grandma. Yeah. And it wasn't even. Yeah, it wasn't even like, um, you know, let's just go there and break into her house and steal her money. It was like, let's go there and kill her, and then we'll get some money out of the deal. That's insane. Their plan was to go kill. That's insane. I know, they're 13, man. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. They decided that she was an easy target, his great-grandma. Yeah, because she's probably like fucking 90. <laughs> right? Actually, she didn't even look that old in the pictures, and I'm like, damn, he had a great-grandma at 13? Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Okay, so they decide that she's an easy target because, quote, she was somewhat rich and could be killed for money. Oh, like that's what the boys said later when they got caught. They're like, oh, we decided because she was somewhat rich and we could kill her for some money. Jesus. What the hell? Somewhat rich. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody's rich to a 13-year-old. Yeah, right? Any adult. Yeah. You got 20 bucks, bitch, you rich. (laughs) Well, you have a job? (laughs) You can go and buy a fucking code red Mountain Dew. Rich. Rich. You don't have to ask mom and dad for that shit. You loaded. It's a whole paycheck? (laughs) Dang. I had never seen that much money before. Okay, so on September 17th, Antonio and Nathan, they asked Nathan's mom to give them a ride to a friend's house who lived on the same street as Antonio's great-grandma, Barbara. Mm -hmm. And so Nathan's mom is like, woo, let's go. I'll go drop you off. What Nathan's mom didn't know was that the kids had hidden under their clothes. Antonio had a hatchet. I don't know if it was, like, tucked in his pants or some shit. And Nathan had a hammer. Ugh. Because this is what, you know, those are their murdering weapons. What the fuck? Ugh, right? I feel like you'd be walking with, like, a stiff leg. Yeah, it would with, be like, awkward. a hammer down your pants. Well, I'm thinking if you had a hatchet tucked into your waistband or something, like, you better be careful when you're sitting down in that yeah. car. You're going to shave off a nip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Nathan's mom, like I said, had no idea that they were going to go to Barbara's house. She just thought she's dropping the kids off to go play at their friend's house. Yeah. So when the boys arrive, you know, at the friend's house, they walk over to Barbara's house and they knock on her door and Barbara opens the door. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God, what a good great grandson finally visiting your great grandma. Oh, yay. I'm so excited to see you. I would like to state I read a handful of articles on this. The actual, like, case file says that the boys knocked on the door and, like, she greeted them. Yeah. All the other articles I read said something about, like, the boys broke into the garage and Barbara heard them and went into the garage to be like, what the fuck is going on? And they were like, hey, just here to see you. And she was like, oh, come on in, you know? Okay. Like, weird you came in through the garage, but all right. Yeah. Weird that you're breaking into my home, but that's fine. So I'm going to say that they went to the front door and knocked because that's what the actual file said. But the file I was reading was, like, an appeal file. So I don't know how accurate it has to be. All right. In terms of, like, scoping out the events, right? Yeah. So Barbara greets them, and when she turns to let the boys in, Antonio takes out his hatchet Mm -hmm. and uses this as an opportunity to whack his great-grandma in the back of the head with the blunt side of the hatchet. God. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Also, you know how you always ask me, like, was it with the sharp side or the other side? Yeah. I like how you got that information. uh, These are the things we need to know. Well, because here's what I'm thinking. If you get hit with the sharp side the first time, like, whoa. Yeah. That's intense. I mean, I feel like getting hit with anything is intense oh for sure but i just feel like uh if you got like knocked out first or something and then you died by hatchet is oh. a little less traumatic than like 
Shoop. Being like, cut. I'm being sliced and I'm aware of it. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, that's In the true. brain. Ugh. Got it. Ugh. Okay. That's enough. Okay. So Barbara falls to the floor and Antonio continues to hit her over the head with the blood end of the hatchet over and over again. And she's like trying to cover her head and her arms like with each blow and shit. So he's like bashing her arms and shit too. Oh my too. God. Yeah. She started screaming for Antonio to stop, obviously. Yeah. And this is when Antonio calls for Nathan's help. Like, hey, Nathan, help me. I don't know where the fuck Nathan is if he's just standing there and Antonio's like, yo, help me out here. Like, yeah, what are you just standing around for? Yeah. So Nathan steps in and hits her over the head twice with a hammer. Oh, my God. Ugh, I don't like it. Yeah, it's only going to get worse. Then Antonio steps in again after Nathan and he lays two blows to Barbara's head, this time with the sharp end of the hatchet. Ugh. And on the final blow, the hatchet got lodged in her head. Oh, my God. Like, that's what stopped him. It was like the hatchet got stuck. Oh, my God. Also, she was dead. I'm sure that helped, but, like, Jesus, stop him. This makes me, like, I already don't feel good. This makes me not feel good. I know. This is a bad, it's not a super gruesome story. Uh, are you kidding me? Well, I mean, it's not like the fucking Kellyanne Bates story where he, like, stabbed her in her already stabbed eye sockets or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. You're Let's making me not feel good. Okay. <laughs> guys are going to hear me throw up. Uh, oh, no. The boys in total had struck Barbara 27 times with the hatchet and hammer. Jesus. And 18 of those were direct hits to her head. Ugh. So now that Barbara's dead, the boys then ransack the house looking for anything they can steal for cash. And they don't find anything because grandparents never have money. (laughs) I have a crisp $1 bill for you. Yeah. Oh, this is a $2 bill. Yeah. (laughs) We don't spend these. (laughs) All her money was in porcelain dolls. (laughs) Or it's, like, hidden somewhere that you would never be able to find, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, why is all the jewelry in the cookie jars, Grandma? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, those are the sewing kits. (laughs) Okay, so now the boys, they're ransacking the house. They end up taking her purse and some cash and jewelry. And Antonio even walked up to his, like, bludgeoned great-grandmother as she lay dying and removed the watch from her damn wrist. Like, oh, I'm taking this, too. That's a nice watch. Jesus. This guy's fucked. 13-year-old. 13-year-olds scare the fuck out of me after doing this podcast. Yeah. They're crazy. Yeah, they're pretty psychotic. It's because they have, like, adult thoughts, but then this tiny little human body. (laughs) Yeah, well, they don't understand consequences. No, no. Ugh, that's awful. Tiny little human body. (laughs) Get out of here with that, you weirdos. (laughs) So they decide that they should put Barbara's dead body into the trunk of the car, right? Like, oh. Gotta get rid of this. Gotta get rid of great-grandma. Oh, my God. And the boys decide to drag her to the garage from the house, and they attempt to hoist her up into the car's trunk, but they're unable to because a literal, like, dead weight of a body is fucking heavy as shit. And they're two 13-year-old boys. Yeah. They did not fucking work out for this moment. And it's like a 90-year-old lady. I actually don't know how old she was, but I'm assuming late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, yeah. Total speculation. She's an older lady. She's a great grandma. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's not, she's not going to be easy to lift up. I worked with old people. Some of them are actually very easy. (laughs) Anyway, so they can't get her into the trunk, and they decide to leave her body on the garage floor. And one article said she was found with a sheet over her, so I don't know if they covered her up or not, but she's lying on the garage floor. All right. The boys then go into the house, and they wipe down all of their little fingerprints Mm -hmm. to, you know, cover up their tracks. Except for all the blood that they're fucking tracking around on their tiny little 13-year-old shoes. Yeah, I didn't say they did a good job (laughs) covering up their tracks. (laughs) Yeah, right? The boys grab some bags and they throw wipes in the bags, like whatever the fuck they just wipe the house down with. They throw those wipes into a bag and their murder weapons. 
And then they put that bag into the trunk of the car and they leave the house in Barbara's car. Okay. So they're like, okay, fucking got rid of all the evidence. It's in the trunk of our car. We did leave the dead body there, but we've got the important shit, right? Yeah. Now we're just going to do some Grand Theft Auto. Exactly. And Nathan drove and he was literally too short to see over the steering wheel. So oh my God. he had to put a pillow in the driver's seat in order to drive. So the boys drive to Nathan's home and they park the car a few blocks away from his house, mm-hmm. like next to some church or some shit like that. And then they walk over to his house and they remove their bloody clothes. I can't believe, first of all, that somebody isn't like, is that a 13 year old driving the car? And then also nobody was like, and he's covered in blood. I mean, I'm sure that people look at me and they're like, is that a 13-year-old driving that car? Oh, fair point. Yeah, like, <laughs> she could barely see over the steering wheel. Literally, especially in my, like, first car, I looked like, like, I could barely see over the steering wheel. <laughs> it's so true in your grand am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very solid point. And maybe it wasn't that far of a walk, like, no one saw them from the car to Nathan's house. Yeah. But evidently, they had blood on their clothes. You're not hatcheting someone to death and then, like, not getting blood everywhere. True, Yeah. And, like, also, Nathan's mom obviously must not have been home. Yeah. Well, she probably was going somewhere, and she's like, I'm going to drop the boys off. And oh, then I'm good gonna point. Go somewhere. Maybe yeah. shopping. Maybe. That's a good point. All right. So they get home. They take off all their bloody clothes. They stash them in Nathan's room along with Barbara's watch. Okay. They then continue on the, like, Why they, did they take the car? They had to get home. <sighs> yeah, but, like... All the stuff is in there, all the evidence. Yeah. Their jewelry and stuff that they had stolen. It'll make sense here in a minute. All right. All right. I'm pretty sure. If not, then I'll explain it if I didn't write it down. So they're back at Nathan's house and they just continue the day and the night, whatever, as if nothing had happened. They're just hanging out at Nathan's house. And then the next day, the boys go back to where they parked Barbara's car and they decide to drive it to a local bowling alley. Okay. And they park it. And then they walked over to a pizzeria and had a little pizza. Mm -hmm. which they bought with great-grandma's money that they Mm -hmm. stole. And once they were full, they went to the store and bought gloves and cleaning wipes. Okay. Because now they got to clean the car. Got a chore to do. Yep. They return to the car and they proceed to wipe it down, attempting to clean off all of the blood and any kind of fingerprints that they've left behind. Mm -hmm. And then they put all of Barbara's stolen jewelry in the front passenger seat, like laid it out like, oh, look at all these pretty things in here. Along with the car keys in plain sight with the hopes that somebody would steal the car and then they would then get blamed for Barbara's murder. So they're like, ooh, putting out a little bait. Yeah, yeah, a little bait car. Exactly. The boys took Barbara's purse, which had her ID in it, and then they threw it in a storm drain just a few houses away from Nathan's house. I don't know if they did that like on the walk back home from the bowling alley or what. Yeah. Whatever. But they found her purse in a storm drain (laughs) with her ID in it. And it was literally like the storm drain on the street of Nathan's house. Like here, here's one. That's dumb. They'll never tie it to me. (laughs) This murder. Yeah. All right. So back at uh, grandma's house, great grandma's house. Two days after the murder, Barbara is still in her garage laying on the floor. And her daughter started to get concerned because she hadn't heard from her mom in a couple of days and she couldn't get a hold of her. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, so she decides to do like a wellness check and go to mom's house. Now, is this daughter one of the boy's moms? This daughter would be the boy's grandma. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's so weird to think of like that deep of a lineage. (laughs) Yeah, so Antonio's grandma is going over to check on her mom. Jesus. She gets inside and she looks all over the house and doesn't find her mom, obviously, and looks into the garage and she sees that the car is missing. Mm -hmm. And she almost goes back in 
outside the house and when she like is turning she notices barbara's body laying on the ground in the corner oh my god that's so sad yeah and it was like obvious that she had been dead for some time yeah so she calls the police and initially thought that her mother had fallen or something and had like a terrible accident fucking like 20 something times Uh, right i was like there's no way that you could look at that and not know that there was like obviously a brutal attack but yeah. I wonder if it was just so much blood and like when you see that yourself, you're probably going to look and then look away and be like, oh my God. Yeah. And you not want to look back. And you're probably not like thinking most people I would think they're normal people aren't going to be like murders on their mind all the time. Yeah. And so yeah. you might think like my elderly mother, she fell like what, yeah. what would hurt an old person like falling, obviously. Yeah. Like, so that's well, probably like the first thing on your mind, not that she got brutally murdered. That's with an axe. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Oh, and also, I mean, it could be that she, like, fell and then was trying to get help and she crawled out to the garage. I don't know how you would explain the car missing. Maybe it was, I don't know. It was probably all split-second stuff, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's not, like, investigating it. She's just like, I'm going to go call the cops. Maybe she fell. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but she's not well. Yeah. Okay, so obviously it becomes clear quickly that this was a homicide. Because these boys were no master criminals, it only takes the investigators 12 hours to, like, figure out who the fuck did it. Yeah. Which is, like, great detective work, but also these boys are fucking dumb. Well, they're 13. Yeah. Well, they're really dumb because they murdered. But also, like, what the fuck? Their plan is, like, oh, I'm going to lay out this jewelry. Here's this beautiful necklace. I feel like it It would be, like, a, a flea market table. You yeah. Know? Yeah, right. <laughs> they, like, hang it over the back of a of the seat. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, a bracelet hanging on the blinker yeah. thing. <laughs> There's a trail of jewelry to the car. Ooh, look at look a diamond. <laughs> oh, another diamond. <laughs> wonder where this is going to lead me. I'll just take this car. I'll just take this car. How convenient. <laughs> I don't know if their plan was going to be the same if they got Barbara into the trunk. Like, were they going to still try to have somebody steal the car and then they'd get blamed for the murder? Because I wonder if that was trunk? even the initial plan. Or if they were or just, they were just sh- shove her in there. Like, hey, what should we do? I don't know. We got to get rid of this car. Maybe yeah. someone else will take it off our hands. I don't know. And I read, and I might write this somewhere, but I read that they had actually hung out at her house for a long time. Like, they murdered her, and then they, like, stuck around for a few hours, and they were, Ugh. like, discussing what they're going to do next. Like, Ugh. you know, they didn't plan it out all the way. They were just like, let's go kill great-grandma. And then they did it, and they were like, uh, what should we do with all this shit? <laughs> what do you want for lunch? I want pizza. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. By the way, the reason this case is so big or I've seen it on social media and stuff, is because it says these 13-year-old boys killed their grandma for some pizza money, which is true. But when you actually look into the story, they went the next day. (laughs) They didn't go for pizza. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like they – well, according to the fucking court document, they went the next day. Yeah. So the cops are on to the boys, right? Yeah. And they bring them in for questioning. And right away, Antonio admits that they murdered Barbara, his great-grandma. He's like, oh, yeah, I did that. Jesus. Right? You're man enough to murder someone. Fucking lie about it. (laughs) I don't know. Like, send us on a little bit of a goose chase. Well, he's probably scared, too. He murdered someone. Yeah. You want to talk about scared? Yeah. How do you think my grandma felt? Oh, for sure. I'm not saying, like, you know, feel sorry for him, but that's probably why he squealed right away. Like, yep, that was me. Yeah. Unless he was, like, proud about it. I don't know. It didn't give me the context, but, you know. All right. He admits to it. All right. Both boys were charged with first degree intentional homicide and their bail was set at a million each. And they were tried as adults, which is interesting because they're 13. Wow. Yeah. But people were like, fuck that. Try them as adults. Yeah. 
Antonio ended up taking a plea deal where if he testified against Nathan, then he would get life in prison with the possibility of parole in 35 years. Wow. So he was like, yeah, I'm going to do that because I don't want like fucking death or anything or life without any possibility. So I'll take that plea deal. I'll tell you everything that happened and I will testify against Nathan. Damn. In June 2013, Nathan went to trial and claimed that he had no idea that they were going to be murdering that day and that he had only hit Barbara because he was afraid of Antonio. So Mm. here they go, turning on each other. Yeah. Antonio was like, no, we fucking went there and you knew that we were going to murder. I never once joked about it. I never made it like, yeah, I came up with the idea to murder my great grandma, but never once was it like, ha ha ha, good joke or anything. It was like, yeah, let's go. So... And Tony was like, nah, fuck that shit, Nathan. Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. You did this shit too. (laughs) When Nathan was testifying, he even said that while Antonio was like swinging and hitting his grandma that he paused and took his sweater off because he was like going to fucking town so much and his sweater was getting in the way of him swinging. So he like paused. Like that's not blind rage. Like, ah, and then you do it and you're done. It's like, oh, I'm having fun with this. Yeah. Let me get more comfortable. Oh, that's so gross yeah and the whole reason he said that was to kind of help argue nathan's point saying i was afraid of antonio like i had to hit her on the head twice because i was afraid of him yeah because his behavior was this way but again like i said antonio testifies like no nathan you were there you knew what was happening you agreed to all of this like i didn't try to fucking intimidate you in any way whatever go fuck yourself yeah so Nathan's attorney and family, they argued that he shouldn't be held accountable for his actions because he was evidently developmentally challenged. Oh. Supposedly. I don't know. And the way that they prove this, because I don't think they had any like medical records proving it by a professional. Yeah. But they say that it was obvious because after he confessed, after Nathan was like, yeah, I was a part of that, he fully believed that he was going to go home. And that indicated that he didn't understand the severity of what had just happened. Yeah. Doesn't this remind you of like Brandon Dacity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where it's like, oh my God, if you watch the actual like interrogation and shit, you're like, where the fuck are the parents? Like this kid has no fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. So I don't know if it was that kind of scenario or if they're just saying that, you know, what the fuck does a 13 year old know? Yeah. All right, so they go to trial, whatever. The jury only took a few hours of deliberation before they sentenced Nathan to a life of imprisonment with the possibility of parole in 31 years. Damn. So that's how that one ends. They're both in jail right now, or in prison. Yeah. But they can get out. Uh, I said this was 2012. Mm-hmm. I can't remember when the trial was, but let's just estimate it's 2015, like a year or two later. Yeah. So like 2050-ish would God damn. be when they're allowed to get out again. And they'll only be 45. That's the prime of their life. Yeah. 40, 50, you know, 40s or 50s. They still have enough life to make a life. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Ugh. But But like, do you really think they'll get parole though? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it sucks because they're going to be growing up in this, in prison, basically, right? So like, how is that going to mold their mentality? Are they going to grow up and be like, oh shit, that was crazy. I have remorse. Let me fix it. They're not going to come out of prison being like, well-rounded better people that's yeah they're probably gonna get more fucked up and then no one's gonna give them parole because they'll be like i'm shanking in prison yeah and they're like they're rotten apples maybe they will maybe they'll get like their ged and they'll get you know they have like yeah college programs and stuff they'll find jesus yeah they could these motherfuckers need jesus (laughs) these motherfuckers (laughs) need jesus (laughs) oh my god isn't that crazy though that's insane oh shit that poor grandma i know yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. And you're just opening the door like, oh, my great-grandson's visiting. Yeah. Psych. But I'll follow up in like fucking 30 years, guys, and let you know what happens. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, tell me your story. 
Okay, so mine is about Kara Knott. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so this one is actually quite local to us. Mmm. Yeah. Tell me about it then. She was born February 11th, 1966 in Ventura County, California. Mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of background on her other than she was, quote, vivacious. Ooh. <laughs> Which they always are, right? Yeah. Like, she lit up the room. Exactly. If you have a smile that lights up the room, you're yeah. going to be covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And she was very pretty, you know, mm-hmm. usually, just like all victims. Yep. So here's where it gets real local to us. Okay. Is that she went to SDSU. <gasps> oh, that's real local. Yeah. Oh, I... Might have heard about this one. Might have heard about this one. All right. Well, don't spoil it for yourself. I won't. <laughs> I read so much shit, though. They all get mixed together. That's fair. She went to SDSU in 1986. Uh-huh. And for everyone else who didn't get that connection, that's our fucking college. That's where we went to college. Oh, yeah. San Diego State University. Yeah. Just to fucking spell out the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate. On December 27th, 1986, she was 20 years old, and she had been visiting her boyfriend's house in Escondido. Mm-hmm. She was driving down the 15, heading home to her parents' house in El Cajon. Mm-hmm. But this is all of our neighborhood. This is crazy. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm like, I- I've been on that freeway. Like, I drive that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know where that is. I go to El Cajon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. It's horrible. But all I the go time. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she never got home. Hmm. So her parents called her boyfriend to see if maybe she was still there, but he said that she had left his house and he didn't know where she was. Okay. And so suspicious. Ca- Real suspicious. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. So Kara's dad went out looking for her along the route that she would have taken between the two houses. Go Kara's dad. Yes. Right? And he ended up finding her white Volkswagen car parked Ooh. on a bridge near the Mercy Road exit. Oh. Like... Early morning hours of the next day. So like one or two in the morning, right? Okay. But it was on like an off-ramp? Yeah, on the off-ramp. And I guess that the off-ramp at the time was unfinished and it was like pretty isolated. There's no reason for anyone to be there. It's not a fucking working on-ramp, right? Oh, interesting. Whatever. Ramp. Ramp. Yeah. (laughs) So he started looking around her car and he found her body in the brush below the bridge. No. Oh, like she fell off? Like she was underneath her car kind of? Uh, Like her her car was on a bridge yeah. and then her body was like below the bridge. Whoa. And this is like a bridge bridge. I was going to say our bridges and like overpasses and shit here are fucking tall as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like this you one was like falling off of them. Yeah, it's a solid fucking bridge. You know, like you, you could have fucking cars under it. There yeah. weren't or whatever. But yeah. It's a big-ass bridge. It's not like a little, oh, going over a creek or something. Yeah, you know? it's not a footbridge. Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, he calls the police, and Kara's body was found to have been thrown from the bridge. <gasps> How do they know this? Probably impact. Yeah, like where they hit. Or maybe just where she was, because it was in, like, fucking everywhere in San Diego has, like, brush, uh-huh. you know, and, and it's, like, overgrown or whatever, like, just... Not really a place that you would get to unless you came from the bridge, I think. Yeah, gotcha. Like, you're not hiking through there. Yeah, and then exactly. You die. Yeah. Like, you fell off the bridge. There's no way to get there. Exactly. Also, she had been beaten with a blunt object. Ooh. And strangled to death with a rope. Oh. Yeah. So, obviously, the general public is pretty freaked out. Yeah. Like, that this could happen. Yeah. And like, what the fuck? She was driving home. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
what the fuck happened? There's a fucking serial killer on the loose or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, this is awful. This isn't safe. Yeah. And so there was even a KCST broadcast that came out two days after Kara's body was found. Mm -hmm. And there was a CHP officer giving tips on, like, what to do if you find yourself stranded or broken down at night. Wow. Okay, so their theory is she broke down, pulled over, or, you know, got to this exit, and and then somebody came to help her and ended up exactly doing all those bad things. Basically, some of the things that they talked about was that, like, if you're in a deserted area at night, it's best to stay in your car with your doors locked, not try to, like, walk because you don't know who might drive by to pick you up or something. Ugh. You could be hit by a car or basically, like, if someone tries to pick you up, you don't know who you're getting in the car with. Yeah. Like, yeah. fucking sketchy shit, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Thank God for cell phones now. <laughs> right? I couldn't even imagine before. I know. They also said, obviously, not to get into a stranger's car. And that people might prey on women that are stranded alone under the guise of helping them. So kind of like you were saying, her car might have broken down. Someone pulls over to help her. Yeah. You know. And she fell victim to that person. Yeah. It just makes me think like if if I didn't have a cell phone and I was broken down on the side of the road and I like had my doors locked and I'm just sitting there and somebody comes up and like knocks on the window like, do you need some help? Am I just going to like leave the window rolled up and be like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to sit here till morning. (laughs) Like, I mean... Or do you just crack the window and you're like, yeah, can you fucking jump me? Or like, what are you going to do? You're just sitting there? I don't know. I think I would just sit there. Until somebody found you? Yeah, I don't know. I oh don't my know. God, how funny would it be if there's like a missing persons on you? <laughs> and we just find sitting on you. an off-ramp waiting for, a save, <laughs> for like someone to come by and save me. <laughs> you're just sitting there with the doors locked and the windows up. And you're like, it's getting real hot in here, guys. Right? <laughs> someone find me. Well, my dad, he literally, he made me take auto shop in high school and his like fucking quote as to why he wanted me to take it was I don't want you to be another dumb blonde stranded on the side of the road oh god (laughs) like waiting for someone to come help you and I was like that's fair yeah but if like something happens like if your battery dies or your fucking I don't know your flux capacitor explodes yeah it's not like you have all the equipment to fix it on the side of the road no you could change your tire but like I could change my tire or like do a sweet oil change (laughs) I could jump my car if but I need another car for that that's exactly what I'm getting at like what are you gonna do I don't know I don't know. And then if somebody shows up with jumper cables, you're not going to be like, no, let me do it. You're like, yeah, go for it. Exactly. Every time I'm like, do you know how to do this? Thank God. Yeah. I don't want to touch it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always like some kid. Yeah. Still. You're like, no, 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 not that one. Yeah. It's over here. Yeah. Don't let him touch. Oh, you did. (laughs) Oh, he's dead. God damn it. (laughs) Put put his body in the trunk. (laughs) Let's lay out his jewelry on the front seat. (laughs) At any rate. Don't fucking accept help from people. You're a strong, independent woman. Yeah. Do it yourself. Stay in your car or whatever. Yeah. Or at least until morning, right? Yeah. So police start asking for anyone with any information on Kara or who had seen her that night to come forward. And obviously her boyfriend was considered the first suspect. Cause, yeah. You're looking yeah. kind of shady. Dude. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, yeah. She left my house. Like, yeah. Totally. She was fine when I saw her last. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess they found her car farther away from his house. I'm not exactly sure how they ruled him out, but he was ruled out. Okay. As a suspect. They were like, not him. He wouldn't do it to his own girlfriend. Right? He loved her so much. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he had the perfect opportunity to kill her, throw her in the car, drive it there, throw her over the bridge, and fucking walk home. (laughs) Because men are allowed to. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. I mean, it's probably pretty far. Mm. Yeah. 
from his house. Escondido. Escondido. Yeah. Yeah. Escondido to Mercy Road. I don't know. Yeah. So there was actually a witness. Oh, tell me about, can I get a witness? Hell yeah. Let's get down to business. (laughs) Well, this witness worked at a Chevron gas station that was about two miles away from where her car was found. Oh, okay. He saw Kara at the station. He was like able to identify her from a picture. Wow. And he also said that as soon as she left, there was a CHP officer in a marked car that (gasps) made a U-turn and went the same direction as her. Oh. 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 So, another witness said that they saw a Volkswagen Beetle that appeared to match Kara's car that had been pulled over by a cop in about the same area that the car was found. Oh, my God. Is this giving you, like, fucking nightmares now? Yeah. Okay. So, police start to try to find out who might have pulled her over that night and for what, right? Yeah. Shortly after the KCST broadcast was put out with the tips on how to stay safe on the road, <gasps> the police my start... My doing things. Yeah. My head's putting things together. Yeah. Okay. Police start getting dozens of calls from women, different women, and they're all calling in because they recognize the (gasps) CHP officer in the video. Stop it. Oh, yeah. And they recognize him because he had actually pulled them over in that exact same spot, and in most cases, he made unwanted advances towards them. Ew! In some accounts, he asked them for dates, or in other instances, he would just touch their hair or their shoulders. No. But just generally being like a fucking creep, touching them when they didn't want to be touched, and like just being weird, right? Oh my God, this is so fucked up on every level. Oh yeah. And in this fucking isolated place, like this was this guy's little thing. Hunting ground, I guess. Yeah, like he had a system. These ones didn't end in violence, obviously. They're just like, no, he's just fucking weird. Like he kept asking me on a date and like rubbed my shoulders or whatever. Like just being a fucking creep. Oh my God. And the creep is the guy giving everybody fucking tips. On how to stay safe. He's like, "Uh, these are the things I do to fuck with people. Right. So here's how I would avoid that. I mean, he's going to be the best person to know how to stay safe. Yeah, from him. What a dick. Yeah. Oh my God. So the CHP officer in question was Craig Pyre. And police start looking at him a little bit closer. And in the broadcast that was put out, you can actually see that his face was a little (gasps) bit scratched up. Stop it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. The balls on this dude. Fucking right. What? (laughs) Yeah. Like, he has scratches on his nose. You can see the video. It's fucking out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's fucking insane. Obviously, they ask him where he'd been at the time of her murder and how he had gotten the scratches on his face. Yeah. And they check his logbook and realize that there was a, quote, hasty falsification. Oh, what does that mean? To account for the time of Kara's murder. I took it to mean, like, maybe he made up, like, oh, I pulled over this other guy or something. Or, like, oh, I went to go check behind the fucking Vons. Oh, okay. Like, and it looked like it was, like, half-assed, like, written in or something. Yeah, like, like half-assed or, or, like, just kind of shoved in maybe in the mar- like yeah, in the margins. I yeah. don't know. I, that's why I put the, quote, hasty falsification because, like, I didn't know what that meant <laughs> yeah. exactly. I think 100%. you're making good points, though. Like, that's yeah. probably what it, something along those lines. Like, it was clear, like, he took his time and wrote so nicely on the form. And then there's this, like, arrow with a box around it. Like, yeah, yeah this time I was here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, also, I almost forgot about this one. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Okay. So there were also changes made to the times of several traffic tickets. Oh, creepy. And you can fucking tell because the person who got the ticket also gets a copy of that shit, right? Yeah. What a dum-dum. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of an asshole. Yeah. So his explanation for the scratches on his face were that he had gotten them when he fell against a fence in the CHP parking lot. (laughs) 
I tripped and fell. <laughs> a couple of things with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? There was an off-duty San Diego police officer that was at a gas station when Craig pulled in super aggressively within the hour that the murder occurred. And this officer actually testified to seeing the scratches on Craig at that time. Oh. Which was at least an hour before he said he'd gotten them. Oh. So your story's full of holes, right? Yeah. And your face is full of scratches. <laughs> and the fence that he claimed he had fallen into was actually too high to, like, hit your face on it. What an idiot. If you're, okay. Yeah. He's a cop. Like, he should think about these things, right? Fucking right. Like, do an investigation on yourself and be like, no, that's not going to fucking fly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. So they searched his car and they found a rope in the trunk. Oy. And when they examined the rope, they found that it actually matched the rope that had been used to strangle Kara. Oh, motherfucker. But also, how many different kinds of rope are there? Like, there's probably a lot of, you could have matched that to a lot of different rope. I you would think assume. so? I think so. Don't they do it based on, like, the braid line or whatever? When it bruises the victim's neck, you can tell? Oh, probably. I don't know, but, like... I feel like so many different ropes are the same. Available. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like it would have, have the nylon, same pattern. Yeah, if you have nylon rope, it's probably like. Yeah. Yeah, maybe companies have different braid patterns just for this. Maybe. Just for this. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't our ropes. <laughs> so that's not real conclusive. Yeah, but we're all on to you, buddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they found some blood on Kara's boot. Oh, is it from his face? Probably. <laughs> but it was a little bit too early for DNA testing because it was still 1987. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to identify it as AB negative blood, okay. which is the rarest type of blood. Ooh. And just so happens to be his type. What a dum-dum. Yeah. You can't have rare blood and go murdering. Right? He probably didn't know he had rare, rare blood. He has to know. I have the most common blood. I'm fine. So do I. Um... <laughs> But how does he have to know? Because I didn't know my blood type till I gave birth. I guess I didn't either. Yeah. So he's never given birth. How do you know? Don't put that on him. What do you mean? He can do it every once. Oh, he's not giving birth? <laughs> I guess I was severely assuming that his anatomy <laughs> wouldn't physically allow him to give birth. <laughs> I was using science. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, knock it off. That's not he's what like, we're about here. He's like, I birthed a food baby. <laughs> Out my ass. Right. Okay. So the proverbial nail in the coffin, though, yeah. was... A gold rayon fiber that had been found on Kara's dress. <gasps> Is that from his uniform? Yes. Oh, shiitake mushrooms. It was, I guess, made with yellow pigment instead of yellow dye, which is fucking different, I guess. Weird. <laughs> yeah. And it perfectly matched a shoulder patch that Craig <gasps> wore on his uniform. What are the fucking odds that a shoulder patch is going to flake off in a murder? Um, I'm going to struggle and grab so many so shoulder patches if I'm True. being murdered. True. Very solid point. <laughs> I'm going to grab your face. Yeah, she I'm did. I'm going to grab your, your fucking shoulder patch. I'm going to grab your blood, put it on my boot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to grab a lot of things. I'm going to grab your blood, put it on my boot. <laughs> this goes here. Yeah. Someone will find this later. So his colleagues were also able to testify that Craig was acting strangely after the murder. Oh, he's all fucking jacked up. Yeah. Well, and he had taken like a persistent interest in the status of the investigation. Ugh. Basically, like, talking to some of his colleagues, and he even attempted to, like, justify the murderer's action as, like, a possible accident. Like, what? oh, well, maybe it was an accident. Oh. Maybe this person stopped to help, and then she, like, freaked out, and then, you know, you, like, pushed him to get away, and then she died. 
uh, after oh, being strangled. I don't know. Not, like, he's trying to fucking justify it, right? Yeah, I wonder if there's, like, any truth in what he's saying, though, like, his justification. Not to say that uh, she, you know, she freaked out because he was just trying to help, but, like, if he started to make advances and she freaked out and then he, like, shoved her over. We'll get to that. Ooh. So... His superiors reviewed his logbooks, and they also found that he mostly only pulled over women who were driving alone. Yeah. And who happened to be about the same age and physical appearance as Kara. Oh, motherfuck. Yeah. So, I don't really know how you, like, know that before you pull him over, though. Well, you can see him through the window. I guess. My <laughs> windows are tinted. Well, I mean, Not this is 80s. Tinted. Yeah, they had window tint. You think they really had that much window tint going on in the 80s? I think they had fucking, like, a smoke screen, because everyone's smoking in their cars. <laughs> I feel like they all had those, like, screens that have a suction cup that you put over so yeah. that it's not so hot. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, every soccer mom has. Yeah, but you're not allowed to have those on the driver's side. Yeah. Maybe it was fucking nice out during this time. And what what time of year was it? <laughs> mm, December. It's mm. always nice in San Diego. Yeah, that's true. But it was nighttime. I don't fucking know, man. I don't know, man. Well, maybe he'd, like, pull him over and then be like, not my type, and then he wouldn't report it. Yeah, like, you're just a warning. Get out of here. Move along. Yeah, Maybe. So he was arrested and he was charged with Kara's murder. The prosecution Ooh. said that what they believe most likely happened was kind of like you were saying, like there was a grain of truth to his quote unquote justification. Yeah. They said that he pulled her over in an isolated area and perhaps he asked her on a date or made her uncomfortable by touching her or whatever like he had done to all these other women. How fucking creeped out if you, would you be if a cop just like caressed your hair? Like, license and registration, and then, like, tucks a strand of hair behind your ear. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the start of every, like, romance novel. <laughs> Did I just explain bridesmaids to you? Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then uh, he turns out to be a really awesome cop that lets you fucking use the radar gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you just have to be not unattractive. <laughs> and then that's fine. And then it's safe. Yeah. So maybe he made her uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And then maybe she threatened to report him to his superiors because she was like, not fucking having that shit, right? Yeah. And she's a strong, independent woman. That's right. She is. take no shit from no CHP officers. That's right. Get it. And maybe from there, it escalated to a physical altercation where she scratched his face and he attacks mm. her. And they're thinking that he attacked her with his flashlight. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blunt the object. Blunt object, yeah. Ooh, which... Have you ever held a fucking mag light? Uh, yeah, those things are heavy. You can tonk a motherfucker with I that was shit. just going to say tonk them. Yeah, tonk, tonk. <laughs> that's what I imagine the sound it makes. It. Oh, that's so awful. Yeah. And then, obviously, he strangled her and threw her over the bridge. <laughs> so. Very anticlimactic of you. <laughs> Thank you. It's not in my nose. That's so just a recap. <laughs> oh, man. So his initial trial ended in a hung jury. Oh, really? Yeah. So he denies it the whole time. He never once was like, ah, you got me. Absolutely. Nope. He denies it till the bitter end. Okay. And he's retried, but the explanation for the scratches on his face mm -hmm. was deemed inadmissible in court. Wow. So they couldn't use the fucking scratches or like at least the reasoning behind it. That's like the one like solidifying like, bro, you got scratches on your face. Right? Yeah. But also the fucking little rayon fiber. Yeah, that's Which true. That I is... would think that a lot of CHP officers have the same patch, though. Yeah, that's, yeah. God. See, I'm doing that thing where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're tricking me every which way you go. <laughs> Jump inside. <laughs> I know. I did it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> he was retried and found guilty. He was given 25 years to life, 
and was the first on-duty CHP officer to be convicted of murder. <gasps> wow. Right? And in our own fucking city. Right? How terrifying. So he maintained his innocence through prison. And yeah. in 2004, there was a program that would take DNA from prisoners in an attempt to exonerate wrongfully imprisoned people. I legit was just going to ask you, like, how interesting would it be now that we have DNA to go back and test some of that shit? Yeah. Let's so they're like, hey, man, give us some of your DNA. Like, we can prove that it wasn't you. You're saying it's not you. We can fucking prove it. We yeah. have DNA on this case. We've right? got science. Yeah. Like, give me your DNA. Yeah. And he was like, no, nah. no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, motherfucker did it. Yeah. That's more fucking evidence to me than actual science. A hundred percent. Like your denial to set yourself free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this fucking heinous crime yeah. that you're being blamed for and you have this super easy way to prove that you didn't do it and you're yeah. like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it's cool. I like it here. Yeah. Well, okay, great. Weird. So he refused. Yeah. He was up for parole that same year and when they asked him why he didn't want to give a sample of his DNA, he just didn't answer. Like... <laughs> It's just like I'm not I'm not going down that hole, right? He's just staring ahead like, hey. Right. Fucking Earth to Craig. Yeah. So they deny his parole, obviously, because they're like, yeah, no, it sounds like you fucking got some shit to work out, bud. Yeah, it sounds like you uh, fucking did that back there and we got the right guy. Yeah. And Kara's dad had a memorial garden made for her at the site where her body was found. Aw. And I'll leave you with this little last bit of fucked up information. Uh-huh. Kara's dad, Sam, died of a heart attack on December 2nd, 2000, just yards from where Kara's body had been found. What? Like he was going to visit her memorial that he had built. <gasps> Stop. I have goosey bumps. I know. Isn't oh, that sad? Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Was he driving when he had the heart attack? No, I think he was like at the garden that he had <gasps> made for her and just kind of like hanging out there. And oh. Then- had a heart attack where her body was found because it was under that bridge. Oh, or my God. It. That's so sad. Yeah. Isn't that fucked up? Oh, that's really fucked up. Yeah. Maybe he would have wanted it that way. Maybe. Oh. I mean, probably if he's still going and visiting. Like, Oh. Fucking... Is the garden still there? I think so. We should I'm go visit. I'm not 100%. I'm down. You want to? Yeah. Let's do it. I guess I have one more bit of information. Okay. Tell me about it. Craig is still in prison at San Luis Obispo, California and will be eligible for and will be eligible for parole again in 2027 when Ugh. he is 77 years old. That's far too soon. Yeah. 2027. It's 2020, Whoa. motherfuckers. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he'll be 77, so I feel like I could take him. But <laughs> <laughs> You don't know what he's been doing in prison. Maybe he's bulking up. That You're not wrong. He's not skipping leg day, bitch. <laughs> what are you going to do? Right? <laughs> I don't know. Run <laughs> on my weak-ass legs. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Isn't that fucked up? That is so fucked that's up. That's our little goddamn hometown. That's insane. Also, I don't know if you ever got this little pep talk, but I I don't know if it was because of this case, yes. but I'm sure it was. I know where you're going. But, like, if you were to get pulled over and there's nowhere around, I've always heard, like, just keep driving until you get to a, like, populated See, area. Yep. Yeah. Or like a gas station or something. And the cop can't be like, you can't get in trouble for it if you pull over eventually. Yeah. To be like, I didn't feel safe back there with fucking no one around. Exactly. I've heard that. And then that you can also call your local police station if you have nowhere to go. Yeah. You can have you can call your local police station and ask them, like, is somebody trying to pull me over? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they'll verify for you. Yeah. That's fucking crazy to me. And I was like, I wonder if this case, like, started, started that? that yeah yeah that's or what at least I was put that seed in people's head oh that is so fucked up yeah oh, yeah God. 
That's like the ultimate abuse of power. Oh, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like, what a fucking ego boost to be a cop and have that, like, yeah. desire to have that power over somebody. Wow, I can't believe he fucking murdered, though. That's insane. Yeah. It feels like it escalated very quickly. Yeah, it does kind of feel like that. But, like, he was doing this to a lot of women. And yeah. Making them uncomfortable. But everything that I've ever seen on, you know, like all of my extensive fucking education in criminal minds and stuff (laughs) is like they'll escalate. So like, yeah, if he's making people uncomfortable, he's making people uncomfortable. That's eventually going to escalate to maybe rape or something else like and maybe that was him like escalating it a little bit. And maybe he did try to rape her or maybe like he got a little more handsy than normal. And she was like fuck you and like hits him and then he hits her back or hits her with his flashlight and then you're like oh fuck well now i'm gonna get in trouble for sure because i'm a chp officer that hit this lady yeah and you i mean not to say you can't leave her alive but also like you're gonna lose your job you're gonna lose panics yeah yeah you're gonna lose everything if she reports you at this point especially if you fucking bashed her with your flashlight yeah or what if maybe some of those other like there are other women out there who he did escalate with and they're not coming forward. Yeah. That happens all the time too. People yeah. are like, they're not gonna believe me, he's a cop. Yes. I don't wanna relive it. I'm just gonna, you know let it go. Yeah. yeah. So that could have happened. Yeah, absolutely. That's fucking terrifying too. Oh man. God damn. Yeah. Well, god damn. Some doozies right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, hey, guess what? We what? haven't done some Patreon shout outs, so let's do a couple. Oh, okay. Yeah. So shout out to Alex and Brandon and Taria and Martika and Trisha. Woo! Thanks, everybody. We love you. A hundred percent. You're so awesome. My whole heart. Our Patreons blow me away. I know. Like every time we're doing something in life and we hear somebody like, you know, we were just talking about gamers and how there's like Twitch streamers and yeah. like people donate to them and we're like, who does that? Like, that's crazy. And then we have that. Yeah. That's yeah. so awesome. It blows my mind still. That, uh, like, I feel so special. I know. It's so <laughs> nice. We love you guys. You're so special to us. You're amazing. If you guys want to join Patreon, our link is on our webpage, isgdpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Evidently, you can try to search it, whatever, fucking Google it, and it's hard to find. So it's on our page. So good luck. It's, it's an easier way to find it. And if you fucking subscribe, then every month we give you one extra episode. Yep. Exclusive. Oh, yeah. Real special. And we try and do a little bit more of an in-depth or like bigger. Yeah. Bigger deep dive into it. So just one of us does a case on yeah. those ones. Yeah. Anyway, so if you're interested, come check it out. If yeah. not, we get you. If not, continue enjoying the normal episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also at our website, we have links to our merchandise and previous episodes. And if you want to see pictures pertaining to these cases, those will be there. Yep. Fucking email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. If you have case suggestions or if you just want to be like, what's up, ladies? We will fucking chat you up there. Yep. You can reach us on any social fucking media. <laughs> well, not any. We the don't have three. Snapchat. The three. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at isgdpodcast. Mm-hmm. Come join our goddamn pod group that is called the goddamn pod group. That's our Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun there. I did remember the name of it. To be fair, this time you I got did. the name right. You crushed it. Yeah, I like uh, it. What else is there? Um, there is our PO box, which is PO box two seven six four Spring Valley, California nine one nine seven nine. Oh, also come fucking on Spotify. You know we've got the hot damn hot goddamn hot jams. <laughs> I'm fucking hung over as fuck right now. All right. <laughs> the goddamn hot jams playlist hell yeah Uh, we've gotten some compliments on it we have all right lady 
Awesome. We love you guys. And until next week. Bye. Doodles. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from the Murder in My Family podcast. Hi, this is Mike Morford. You may know me as co-host of the true crime podcast, Criminology. I'd like to invite you to listen to one of my other podcasts called The Murder of My Family. In each episode of The Murder of My Family, I discuss a murder case and include an interview with a family member of the victim to discuss the aftermath of the murder in an attempt to view these crimes from a unique perspective, one that we don't usually experience. Some of the cases I cover are well-known, while others you've probably never heard of. I currently have dozens of episodes available for you to binge on, including episodes about the Golden State Killer, the Delphi Murders, and the Colonial Parkway Murders, just to name a few. Here's a small sample of the kind of conversations you'll hear on The Murder of My Family. Mike, at the risk of sounding like every other proud big brother around the world, Kathy was an amazing person. She was 27 years old at the time of her death, and she'd already accomplished a great deal. One point that I wanted to get across was that the victims whose murders I discuss aren't just statistics or a blurb in a news report. These were real people whose murders affected their family members, forever changing their lives. It's important to know that they too are victims. For me, knowing that he has a family and that he gets to see his kids every day and that he gets to be there for his kids growing up, like, it's not fair. You know, my dad did everything he was supposed to do as a father and as a husband. And someone decided that night that he didn't get to do that anymore. It's frustrating knowing that, you know, he'll get to see his kids grow up and graduate and get married and do all that. And my dad doesn't get to do any of those things. He doesn't get to see his, he has three granddaughters now that he'll never see and they'll never meet their grandfather. And it's just, it's not fair. New episodes of The Murder of My Family come out every other Saturday. And you can find The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode.